Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. I've been greatly helped over the years by reading the books and the sermons of men from past generations. Like most pastors, I have books in my library written by and about hundreds of different preachers from nearly all of the past 20 centuries. The vast majority of the books that I read are by men who have been in heaven for many years. Occasionally, I'll hear the criticism, You read books written by men that you wouldn't fellowship with if they were living today. And that's absolutely true. Ecclesiastical separation doesn't apply to reading, particularly the writings of men who are long dead. And the reason that churches and preachers can't cooperate with one another in many efforts is usually not because other churches and preachers are evil, but simply because the differences between them and their doctrine or their practices would make it impractical to try to work closely in some effort. There's no way that they could proceed with the one accord that the Lord demands. There are good servants of God living today with whom it would be unwise for me to cooperate in ministry work, and they would consider it unwise to cooperate with me, because we would clash on important matters. There are famous men of God of the past who I read, who I quote, and who I admire, whose efforts I probably could not have cooperated with if I lived in their day, nor would I cooperate with them now if they lived in my day. For example, my favorite preacher in history is Jonathan Edwards. But if I lived in Edwards' day with the doctrine to which I hold now, I wouldn't have been a part of the congregational state church in which he was so deeply involved. So, if I couldn't have cooperated with him in his day, why would I read him and quote him now? And the answer is in the main principle that guides me in choosing who I read and who I don't read. That principle is summarized in one question. Does he know God? If a man's doctrine isn't scriptural at its core, he doesn't know God, and I don't want to read his writings. If a man's doctrine is scriptural, but he doesn't know God, I don't want to read his writings either. It doesn't take long reading someone's writings to figure out whether they knew God or they didn't. So who I read or don't read is determined by whether or not I'm convinced that the writer knew God. You may not agree with that standard, and that's fine, but that's what guides me and the Lord has used it to help me tremendously. I want to tell you about a man today whom you may or may not know. His name is Thomas Adams. A decade or so ago, I found online a list of books that were in Charles Spurgeon's library. I decided to try to find some of those books. I started by searching the last names of the authors in alphabetical order, which meant that one of the first men I discovered was Thomas Adams. I ordered his commentary on the book of Second Peter and it's become one of my favorite books. It's the kind of book that I read carefully and slowly. I often have to stop and reread a paragraph. Thomas Adams was born in 1583, and he died in 1652. He lived and preached in England his entire life. He's called a Puritan, but he didn't consider himself a Puritan. Puritans are generally defined as those who wanted the Church of England to be purified of the remnants of Catholicism. Thomas Adams was strongly opposed to Rome, to the Pope, to the whole system, but he feared that if the Church of England abandoned the rituals and the formalities, they would soon become just like those dreaded Anabaptists. 
He embraced John Calvin's unscriptural system, but he wasn't combative about it, nor did he let it prevent him from being zealously evangelistic in his preaching. He was such an effective communicator in his preaching and in his writings that he was nicknamed the Shakespeare of the Puritans. Listen to several brief excerpts of Thomas Adams' writings. He wrote, Whatsoever good descends from God to us is granted through Christ. What good ascends from us to God is accepted through Christ. On the subject of mercy, he wrote, The true knowledge of Christ is the means whereby are conveyed to us all the promises of mercy. About serving the Lord, he wrote, A good servant hath these properties, a quick eye, a listening ear, a ready foot, a working hand, an honest heart. He wrote about the victorious Christian life. Christians must not pine and repine that others exceed them in graces, but buckle on the arms of faith and with a reverent courage strive for more. Listen to this about the will of God. Either God's will shall be done by thee or be done on thee, but howsoever it shall be done in thee. On the subject of stewardship, Thomas Adams wrote, Where God gives great means, he looks for great measure. According to his portion of grace, he expects our proportion of goodness. I love these words about human philosophy. Listen to this carefully. One was of the opinion that a philosopher excels an ordinary man as much as an ordinary man excels a beast. But every true Christian excels a philosopher as much as a philosopher does a dunce. And these words about fellow believers. When thou hearest thy brother to have lapsed into some grievous fault, pity him, pray for him, recollect him, saying, He fell yesterday, I may fall today. I thank God for the fellowship in Christ that we share with those who knew God hundreds of years ago, men like Thomas Adams. Christian, the walk that believers had with the Lord in years gone by can strengthen your walk with the Lord today. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you.